Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you are, welcome to Two Men with a Mic. Good to hear your voice, sir. Yes, it is. Good day. Good day. Exciting stuff going on all around. Cool. Yep. We got. You had a good day today? Yeah. Yeah, I got some rest. And uh, just, yeah, it was a nice day. Nice and relaxing. Sweet. So, I enjoyed my day. Excellent, sir. So. I did as well. I, it, it was... It was actually a good day because I got to see my son and uh, mommy and daddy were making nice for his benefit. And um, it's very clear that my son is happiest when mommy and daddy are together with him and we're doing stuff as a family. So we were able to do that for him today, going out uh, to get dim sum and then going to... A little botanic gardens that we have around here locally. So. Man, that's awesome. That's great. So you had another night with him too, right? Did you? Then he stayed yeah. over last night. He, yep, he spent the night last night, and he had a lot of fun, and goofed around a lot, and he tried to sleep on my head. <laughs> as long as he tried to sleep on your head, that's what matters. He did. It was I couldn't breathe, and he was laying on my head. <laughs> and, and just clutching my my skull and i literally couldn't breathe and i kept like moving trying to move my head a little so there'd be a little bit of like air coming in between um <laughs> him on top of me and the pillow but mostly i was suffocating but i was like i don't care i don't care this is my boy if he wants to sleep on my head that's fine <laughs> It was pretty cute. He he's getting um pretty lovable, like physically lovable. Like he's he's hugging me and he gives me like a, a little kiss and and stuff like that. So I'm really happy about that. Well, that's great. That's just a big turnaround and just a, a I don't even know what to say. It's just awesome. Yeah, I'm so grateful for it and to have him spending the night now regularly and spending um, a lot more hours with him um, than is stipulated in our court orders. So let's review it. <laughs> she, left, <laughs> she left me two days after my dad dies, which is only a year after my mother died. Then on the day of my dad's funeral, I come home from the funeral and the house has been ransacked. Like, Everything overturned, just torn apart. She took everything out of the house, including some um, things that belonged to me, like some statues of the Buddha and some things that I used like in meditation. And uh, especially at that time and always with me, I'm super spiritual and I kind of had like a home altar and I come home and all of that stuff's gone. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I can't even sit in front of the Buddha and I, and, I, and I was doing that like every day. She stole the Buddha, dude. She took the Buddha. She took the freaking Buddha and, um, <laughs> and then served me with divorce papers on my birth. I just remember like one particular phone call where I was like literally as far down a hole as a person could go. And, and it was like looking up from this trench and hearing your voice up there. And you were like, 
get up, Mike. Get up, Mike. You're going to do this. Breathe, damn you. it. Breathe. My wife loves you. My family loves you. You can do this. Get up, Mike. Get up, Mike. You know? <laughs> Dude, you totally did that. And it was, I was literally as far down a hole as, as anybody could possibly guess. So blessings to you, sir. I love you. Thank you for all of that. No problem, man. And I forgive my ex-wife. Okay. But well, she that's... put me through the damn ringer and, yeah. and put my son through the ringer too. Well, you've in in some aspects you've come a lot further than me in a in a lot shorter time period. So where you are today with your son and 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 ultimately out of everything, that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. The most important thing is that you get to be with the G man. It's all about the G man for sure. Yeah. So. It's... Yeah, that's, I'm that's very awesome. It took months. It took months, but I, yeah. I have to focus on the here and now, be present, you know, yeah. to this moment. Well, and, and like I told you back then and on all our phone calls and stuff, right? Like, I, I remember I told you this, you know, I was quoting my mother, right? So I was quoting mother and her famous, her favorite line is, this too shall pass. Yeah. <laughs> so we're a long, we're a lot further along than, um, we were a year ago definitely so. thanks to you sir well i'm glad i could be there for you that's, yeah you were the that's best awesome no i'm just cushion mushing <laughs> <laughs> what's the word uh, uh gushing gushing mushin. Well, I'm I, I gushing. Like mushin too. but you deserve some gushing dude you're a legitimately good soul <laughs> thank you so, Mike, we've got some response back from our last episode. Cool. Yeah. So, Amber um, sent us a response of why she recommended that movie. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yep. So, we'll play that here right now, and then we'll catch everyone on the flip side. All righty. Hey, Dad. Hey, Mike. Um, so first of all, I want to thank you guys so much for watching the movie that I suggested, uh, The Giver. I first saw this movie um, back in junior high um, at my private school and uh, as a school assignment. And so I thought I'd come on here and share why I love the movie so much. Um, I think ultimately my favorite scene in the movie is when uh, Jonas, uh, the main character, uh, starts to see the world in color again. And basically the movie transitions from everything being in black and white to like seeing things in color, seeing trees that are green, the sky is blue. Um, so seeing all that was ultimately my favorite part of the movie. And I think why I love that scene so much is because you're going from um, the black and white where everyone is forced uh, to be the same, to think the same thoughts. Nobody has their own opinions. Um, everybody's language is controlled. I mean, they're limited on the memories that they have. They have like no individual personality. And it's really sad um, and heartbreaking. And so. Um, seeing, uh, Jonas go through the different, um, aspects of life, you know, to get to that point where he's able to feel things and see everything about 
uh, life and like how the world truly should be seen is like a really great realization and point in the movie, I feel like. Um, and I mean, I truly believe that controlling people can be much more damaging um, than somebody having uh, their own individual personality. And I've always believed like with those online personality tests that um, they have that you can take uh, like little quizzes to determine like what your personality type is. Like, are you a lion? Um, Which uh, basically the lion, you know, they're determined, they're assertive, they're the leaders of the group. They take charge. Or are you the golden retriever? Are you loyal? Are you soft hearted? Um, I mean, are you sympathetic and thoughtful, you know? And so you can't, I've always believed that you can't have multiple lions in a group, right? You got to have different personalities that make a world really thrive. And that's why, you know, despite um, how this society was trying to make everybody the same um, and take away pain and um, all of that, you know, despite how good that might seem, it's actually important that through life, you know, we have um, times of trouble um, with the good and, um, you know, we were able to experience feelings because that truly is what develops our personality and makes us so unique. Um, and, you know, it's like you, you can't learn from being perfect all the time. You know, you have, you have to have those troubles in your time and those bumps in the road to learn from those mistakes. So that way you can improve and get better and, um, just ultimately like become a better person from what you've learned in your past. So yeah, those are kind of like my main ideas um, on the movie, the giver and why it like is one of my favorite movies. Um, So definitely that scene where Jonas starts to see the world in color. And then of course I also love it because it has my favorite actress in it of all time, Meryl Streep. Um, so that's another reason why I love the movie too, but, um, thank you guys so much for having me on here. Well, so that's, that was an interesting response. I I knew it was the cute boys. (laughs) (laughs) No, she, uh, she did inform us that it was not the cute boys, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to get her take on it from her side. I, I was completely off, but that's okay yeah it was interesting what she enjoyed in it um and it's interesting too like i mentioned uh when we were reviewing it like we were talking about how it's accessible for a younger generation and we would both show that if we were high school teachers we would show that in class and like have them write an essay on it or discuss it or something and actually that's what how she found the movie apparently yeah her uh yeah one of her teachers showed it and did exactly that yeah, actually, it was junior high, which oh, is junior. interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's cool. Glad to get her input and her um, feedback on it. And, you know, everybody's welcome to be involved in the show. It's not limited to family. So, you know, as always, you can check out our Instagram page at the number two men with a mic. And also in our bio for that Instagram is the link. And that will take you to 
our pod page, which is where you can access all of our episodes and or access Spotify and leave us a message. Um, hey, you want to do our packages from Julia now? Oh, don't, okay. Don't don't uh, do it yet, though. Hold on. Let me add her um, to the show. Okay. And then we'll do that and we'll edit. This This episode's going to have some serious editing in it. Yeah, you got to take out mush and gushing. No, that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send the text to Julia and get her on, and then we'll. Oh, oh wait, hold on. What? I got something from Julia. Let's see what she sent a text like it. Um, uh, just a sec. Paisley turned off my Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Okay, I have a baby hand in my mouth, so. You have a baby's <laughs> hand in your mouth? <laughs> okay. I had one on my head last night, so. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> Is this your new baby? Yes, I don't let the other ones put their hands. Oh, uh, they're too big for that now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> they're also a little dirty. <laughs> they're gross. <laughs> You need to wash those hands before you do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Julia, you sent us these packages. Mike and I have not opened them. And on my package, it says, to dad, open with Mike for two men with a mic. So we're going to go ahead and, and open them. Is that all right? Yeah, go for it. Okay, okay. here it comes. Let's see here. I gotta save this package for my son to rip up. <laughs> there you he go. Shred everything. Oh wow! Oh cool! Cool! Awesome! There are T-shirts, and on the front it says hashtag Two Men with a Mic. Then on the back it's got our logo. That is so cool. That's cool. Thank you so much. Yes, you're doing this. You know what's funny, Julia? We were just talking about you know how when we Mike was remembering that back in the T-shirt shop that I used to have. Yeah, um, we used to place you as a little baby in the pile of warm T-shirts on the middle of the table. What I believe that I remember of the shop, it could just be, you know, it, memories that I kind of found. But <laughs> I, I kind of like I remember walking. I remember it being like a storefront with windows and a door and walked in and seeing like a big black, the the rolling machines that the shirts go through. And there was kind of a door to the back left corner and piles of boxes and shirts everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty close. But they, <laughs> when you were just a little baby, though, like only a couple months old, um, well, you, they would put you up on the table, like in a little basket thing while they were working. And, and so I would come and visit Mitch at the shop and you were just this little baby on the table next to all these stacks of shirts that they were all going through and stuff. So <laughs> now you have your own shop. Tell us about your shop, Julia. I mean, we're more of a home business and we could do practically anything. I mean, shirts, any clothing materials, anything fabric, basically, um, stickers, logos. Yeah. Oh, cool. I thought you were a nurse, though. I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a mom of three, so just get the <laughs> hell out of the way. 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is this is my nighttime hobby. This is my um when the kids are finally all asleep and there's nobody bothering me, I collect all my things and then I sit there quietly and I work on my projects. And you know, know where this came from. This came from being a little baby in a basket in a screen printing shop. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't remember it, it's in there subconsciously. How do how do they how do they find you, Julia? If our if well if the rest of the family <laughs> <laughs> that's listening, um, and the person in Mexico and Australia want to want to order anything where 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 can they go to uh, um we are on facebook kind of on instagram we have an instagram page that cody somewhat monitors um but facebook facebook is the place to go okay what but what do they what is it under what does it say what how do you do that because i don't know i don't have a facebook account so i have no uh, idea what you just search beck designs and that's b-o right yep b-o-e-c-k designs because that throws me for a loop because i don't know why the english language does that why we use letters that we don't need but apparently we do so we do Um, wait a minute i just tried that though it's b-o-e-c-k oh there it is okay we support all causes if you would like to pay us no so the cause you support is cash yeah (laughs) we we have no political bias well honey thank you very much for our shirts you're welcome um mike and i yeah i think we'll have to put them on mike and take a picture and then um send me your picture and i'll take my picture and we'll i'll put them together and post them on instagram Uh, okay whatever you guys want let me know cool i thought about um giving you guys like a a bunch of little stickers you guys go around town tagging things like you used to. So. <laughs> so that you don't have fun. to bring that up. <laughs> um, that's cool. So if they want, if if anybody goes crazy and they want to order these from you, they can reach out to you on on Facebook or Instagram, and they can order a two men with a mic shirt. You're a mother. You're a a, a nurse. You're a wife. You're a you know. You're just got like so many hats it's really cool so you just keep on keeping on and well thanks dad okay so we're gonna take everyone back to when we were 16 years old and we have our driver's licenses and we are totally inspired and ready to become the next major motion picture box office successes (laughs) that's right right so we basically spent a long time i mean uh, you know at least it felt like a long time but it was probably like a month and and mainly mike um i i just threw some stuff in but we wrote a story called holding the realm we were going to turn this into the next adventure for indiana jones (laughs) so that's right well I mean, at the time, I was such an egomaniac that I imagined that it was all original and I was just inspired to do this. But in fact, it's because we loved Indiana Jones. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, and we wrote we wrote a story for it. I just looked at it. I do have it posted on YouTube. It's just posted privately. I wrote 1985 for the year. Okay, yep. That makes sense. So, um, and it was a very ambitious film. And, and we went to some cool locations for it. And probably, I mean, it's probably our best film, don't you think? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it was it was actually a story. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we're we're shooting it on Super Eight film, yeah. and it didn't have sound. So we made like a soundtrack for it, yep. and then like if we had a screening, which I, I remember we had like a big screening with my whole family, including family members from LA. Here, at well, the yeah, we did that. We also had a major screening of it where they moved, where they brought in. Um, both classes because we were in psychology and sociology yeah and we were using this well we 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 stopped writing papers and started turning in movies i think in 10th grade yeah i think so too so teachers were really supportive and so we had you know back in the day they had one classroom at the end of the quad so we had these buildings you know this is where the teacher's lounge that mike got tossed out of was and where we got busted writing their their the notes and stuff but at the end of it it had one stadium room remember it, it was turned sideways that's oh, where yeah. they would that's where they would give like all the seniors their sats right and stuff right. so it was a total you know layered movie theater and at school i remember them moving both the psychology and sociology class in there so they could all see it. So it was it was a big deal. It was our it was our 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 major film. So for the sound, what we ended up doing was we projected the Super 8 film onto the rear screen. That's right. And we filmed it and we got it onto VHS and we recorded this cassette tape to match the you know onto the VHS. That's right. Did we were we able to audio dub the music directly onto the VHS? Did we have something to? Yeah, we were able to plug the Ghetto Blaster straight into the VCR. That's right, and and just record sound only, but not picture. Yeah. Okay, so we were able to show a VHS in different. Yeah, so we ended up with a VHS with basically a soundtrack, and then Mike. Uh, voicing over well and i think i did too voicing over key point was there a voiceover too yeah because you had to read because we had so let's tell them this the story a little bit first so let's tell them what the story was about um i actually don't remember and i forgot i do have it posted i was gonna listen to uh the beginning of the film because the beginning of the film is like it's supposed well, to listen be... to it real quick okay let's listen to it yeah, let's let's listen to our actual introduction to the movie. All right. This is terrible. I'm it's me doing this horrible British accent. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. Here it is live. Uh, for their own beliefs. After mental hopes and dreams, the two accidentally created the Lortine, a pyramid of incredible power. The Lortine was neutral in all aspects, dealing with good and evil, and yet without good and evil, it could not survive. The Gillen crowd realized that whomever possessed the pyramid should have an added power, enough to determine the Earth's reality. The Gillen crowd met to battle for the Lortine on the neutral grid. Both cast their powers upon the pyramid, and the Lortine was overwhelmed. 
The law team chose not to choose the fate of reality. Instead, it transformed the Gillencrad into two massive facial stones and placed itself in the end of a cave adjacent to the stones. Without the distinct support of the Gillencrad souls, the reality axis shifted to the point of a mixture between good and evil. This is the world today. But upon the millionth equinox after the reality axis shift, the law team must choose champions for good and evil. The champions must seek the law team and the Earth's reality will be determined by the finder's soul. Should the finder be good, then the Earth shall become a heaven. Should the finder be evil, then the Earth shall become a hell. Sacrifices to the Gillencrad must be made upon the dawn of the eve of the equinox and the realm must be considered. <laughs> <laughs> you better consider the realm, dude. Yes. Okay, so it was... There's like a guy who's pure evil and a guy that's pure good. And then from their dreams and focus on their different realities, a pyramid is created. And then basically whoever possesses the pyramid like shapes reality. Right. And and so if the bad guy possesses the pyramid, then reality will be hell. And if, if the good guy possesses the pyramid, then reality will be heaven. And so um, the plot of the movie is basically we're the good guys and we go to find the pyramid like Indiana Jones going to find something. And um, and then there are some bad guys. Oh, that's right. We we cast this sexy girl from high school. Yeah, Um, she was very sexy and I wanted to go on a date with her. (laughs) <laughs> I, and so I, we we made her like the villainess in the movie and she totally like and she had a pet snake she had a a, a pet uh python yeah i I'm, I'm avoiding giving her name but she was actually really sexy and she just showed up like we were like okay you're the villainess in the movie and then she showed up like totally decked out in a very tight black outfit with like sort of Halloween thick black mascara and like red pouty lips and like then she just she had a great time being evil and then she had that snake and I remember there's a shot of her in the movie like stroking the snake and like kissing the snake and stuff like that yeah yeah so most of our friends were in it so we had we were in high school there was four of us that that were pretty close so you know that's we we were the fab four and like i created a t-shirt that matched the beatles meet the beatles album cover where they're black and white and you see one side of their face and so i like created one of the four of us like that and stuff so so we were all really close so so mike and i of course we were always the good guys and the other two and her were on the evil side. That's right. And, and then they kidnap um, when it, well, I guess it's okay if we give first names, but so it was me, Mike, you, Mitch, um, a guy named Neil, and then a guy named Thomas. And, and then Thomas had a sister and his nickname for her was Pod. <laughs> I don't remember why, but he's, instead of using a real name, he'd be like, oh, we got to go get Pod. I have no <laughs> idea where that came from. Thomas had an amazing sense of humor. And, uh, so, and he would come up with really weird, surreal things like that. And um, anyway, but I remember Thomas and Neil kidnap Pod for the movie because they're going to sacrifice her. Yes. And uh, what was funny, too, was the crystal we used was just one of those. So we wrote this story 
very Indiana Jones, as you guys heard. Yeah. And although um, again, we I thought this is the most original thing ever written. Like at the time, <laughs> and I and I, I didn't I didn't like this think has never been done before. Well, you know what? That goes back to the ability to travel back and forth through time. So yeah. you know what it was was everyone that copied you know did the same thing. They just came back in time or and and copied us. That's right. Because time is um, moving backwards and forwards simultaneously. So yep. like on one of the passes by, they, they ripped off a bunch of our ideas. Yep. I do remember finishing the, the film and thinking, well, that's as good as Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> that's how big my ego was back then. <laughs> but no, we, we, I mean, it was serious. I mean, like we wrote a computer program to uh, actually have, you know, now, remember, everyone, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal now, but this is in the middle of the 80s. Yeah. So Macintosh was just invented. Apple was just starting out out of a garage. Right. I mean, it was like brand new. So we had to write a program that like made the credits scroll on to the screen. And then we just plugged. You did and, that. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas and I did. And instead of the monitor we just once once we got the program working instead of it plugging into the monitor we plugged it into the vcr that's how we got those on there okay and then we just ran the program and it just you know used the it recorded the monitor and you created a logo for video apex too yeah yeah we created a logo we created the credits where they scrolled up and it had all the and the, the video Apex logo would like fly onto the screen too. Remember that? Like, yeah, I think like a so, V comes from one from the top corner of the screen and then an A comes from the bottom and then it comes together in the middle. It yeah, was pretty and the state of the art. Ones. I mean, it was pretty sophisticated for a bunch of goofball high school kids. So one of the other characters we didn't talk about yet that was on it. So you got the basic idea. You got um, two of our friends and one of the girls that hung out in the group on the evil side. Uh, with the python snake and and we're trying to find this and tight uh, black outfit yeah and we're trying to find this crystal and in order to do it we've got to traipse all through the city to find these different clues basically there are cave it, it, we did it in in the place that i'm living now which is a desert but there are a couple places where there are trees and even a stream and those are like little jungles, but I mean, little jungles. It's like really small. Um, but there are caves because at, at one point, I guess they were doing some mining in this area. And I don't know how long ago it was, but they are, there's several caves out in the hills around me, including a cave, a water cave in like one of the little jungle areas. So we went to that place and then there used to be a kind of a jungle area near a college that's close to me. And you and I had discovered both those places just trying to have real life adventures by like, oh, that looks like a jungle. Let's go bash through there, you know. <laughs> and um, and so so we had locations. It was like, here's a jungle setting. It is it even had a cave um, and the cave was halfway filled with water we did a, a lot of like work i mean we, we 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 went to places and tried to make the film feel big um so it was it was pretty ambitious for us yeah it was it was really cool we had a we had a lot of fun so we had a partner so 
there was three evil people and then there was Mike and I. So then we had to add one more guy. So we had one more friend that was in and out of our, of our group. Uh, he was called commando Ralph. That's right. <laughs> you were California Mitch and I was Arizona Mike, even though we were not influenced by Indiana Jones. <laughs> and, and then he, he was commando Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're in the middle of shooting this epic. Now, this is, you know, this is not the, like people have their phones and stuff, right? Everything we were doing costs money. We're using real film that costs real money and then has to be sent off and be developed and then sent back to you. So, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't super expensive, but it, it was cash. It was, no, I remember it was like $700, like the film yeah. ended up costing us, which was a fortune for us. Well, and, and I remember we, I think we mowed lawns and did all this stuff to make money to pay for it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it cost us $700, but I think it cost my parents a few thousand dollars, but we'll get into that here in a minute. <laughs> i didn't but, remember that did, did did they contribute money to it well they did when i totaled that beamer oh right <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that well, life is fleeting film is forever yes yes who needs a beamer <laughs> <laughs> now everybody runs around with an iphone yeah and, and you shoot something and you see it immediately and you know if it's good or bad but back then you would shoot film and just hope that it came out and then send it off. And like weeks later, it would come back to you and you'd put it in a projector and then you'd look at it. And, you know, a lot of times stuff that you shot didn't come out and you'd have to reshoot it. Yeah. Um, yep. So it was a long and arduous process. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like it is today, but it was it was a lot of fun. And then we're 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 in the middle of summer trying to film this. Where it's and it's blazing hot here. Yeah, and um, so we've got all this stuff committed to film. So Neil comes up to you, and what does he tell you? Well, I want to say that you and I had already been like we'd made one film, and and we'd been kind of like working on this stuff. So we were learning as we were going, but um, at that point we realized the importance of like a cast that would stay to the end. And so when we all got together and we were like, you and I were like, okay, we're, we're going to do this movie. We want you guys to be in it. Um, we were adamant and we specifically said, don't say you're going to do this unless you can go all the way to the end of the process. And I remember Neil was like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. I'll, I'll be there for the whole thing. And everybody agreed to that. Like, even if we all got mad at each other or whatever the hell else came up, no matter what, you would finish the film. And then, like, two-thirds of the way through <laughs> the, the production, um, for whatever reason, maybe you remember the reason, um, Neil was like, I quit. I got to go. And we were like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> We've already committed all this stuff to the film. We've already sent stuff reels off to get developed. And we were like really far into it and he had been like a major character in it. And then he was like, yeah, I'm not going to finish it after he promised that he would go all the way to the end. So that actually turned into a kind of a funny thing because I was really furious with him 
we had to do some serious rewrites. We did. And so we had to kill his character. And then the, the funny thing is, um, we, we were out in the hills here and they're, they're pretty steep, like in places. There are cliffs out there. There's lots of like scary stuff, actually. Well, and the jungle area. So the areas that we were using as jungles were uh, big washes that had completely overgrown. I mean, we'll, we'll say big, but I mean, you know, they were like eight to 10 feet from the bottom to the top, but it was all overgrown with trees and, 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 and bushes and Ivy and, and just, just everything. Right. Yeah. So there wasn't clear paths. You, you know, it looked like something you would see in the Amazon or something like that, just without this huge river flowing through it. It was dry. Yeah. So I was totally pissed and we had to kill his character. So we, we wrote like a fight scene where I fight Neil and, and then we go tumbling down this hill, like while we're beating on each other, but actually we were really fighting <laughs> like in the movie because I was so mad at him. And then he was mad at me back. And, and so we were actually wailing on each other and tumbling down this hillside, which we all got, which we got on film. <laughs> and that's what's in the movie we're actually hitting each other and stuff but yeah and 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 as you were flying down this hillside you're all like keep filming it keep filming we're really falling yeah <laughs> <laughs> i remember that <laughs> and then it, it reaches an ending where neil like falls off a cliff I think Ralph melted. Ralph. Yeah. So we even got like dry ice. Yeah. We had dry ice down at the water cave and we set up. It was supposed to be like an Indiana Jones type trap with like spikes that came out. And then I forgot why we had the dry ice, but yeah, because we wanted to make it like an acid pit. So you throw the ice in there and it smoked and bubbled and and it looked like an acid pit. Oh, that's right. And we had a shot of Ralph's hand coming out of the water with all Right. Because we killed we uh killed Neil, so then we had to kill Ralph because it wasn't you had a little ADD thing going on where it couldn't be 3 against 2 or something like that. And I remember too our enthusiasm and craziness at the time. Because I didn't you like that the jungle that you were just describing a wash where there were like 8 foot walls. Didn't you fall off that and then we just all jumped after you? Yeah, I don't know if it was me that fell. One of us fell, but yeah, um, it was that kind of adventure. Whatever happened, that was the story. That was the script. I mean, we didn't have lines, so we would just tell everyone what we wanted to do. And then everybody just took their own vision of it. Like, okay, guys, you've got to chase us through this and make sure you run by the camera. (laughs) <laughs> so we can get you right. on film you know and uh i don't i didn't jump i think i slipped i i think like you know it gave way yeah but then i remember like like you went down and disappeared into the foliage and uh, <laughs> and then we were all crazy and we had no idea what was down there or what you'd fallen into but we just jumped right after you that was the spirit of the film i remember we were all covered in cuts and bruises yeah and and that at that particular time that's when we discovered there was um i don't know if it was poison oak or poison ivy or whatever one of those things was what we jumped into right 
<laughs> and everybody, <laughs> everybody had it, had it. Yeah. Everybody was like inflamed with this poison oak or poison ivy, whatever, whatever would have been out there at the, at the time we all went home and I had this rash all over my legs <laughs> and so I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> and my mom's like, well, you need to go to the drugstore and buy some, I don't know, whatever, whatever it was she told me to buy. Yeah. So I take, cause we were using Edgar's truck right. to, 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 to get around because back then um, you, you could put people in the back of your truck. Yeah. This was a kinder, freer time in America. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we were using his truck to get around and stuff like that. And he was very cool of him to let us um, drive it once we got our licenses, even though we we were <laughs> driving it for some time. Before we had that. been driving it for a long time, like even before we got learner's permits. <laughs> but... Um, I probably drove better then than I drove this time. So my mom sends me to uh, the drugstore and tells me what to get. So I, I go to the drugstore. I get this medicine and my legs are just like bright red with this, you know, poison oak. And I mean, like, just like throbbing red. So I'm just dying. So I get in the truck. And I'm leaving the parking lot and I'm just like getting this cream out, trying to put it on my legs while I'm driving. And I back up and I start to go forward and I'm putting the cream on. And then all of a sudden it's just this explosion. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't going probably about 10, 15 miles an hour, but it just sounded like a huge explosion. And I just, I just totally T-boned the side of a BMW with his truck. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, like, you know, like it slid. Cause this was a, you know, his truck wasn't a little truck. It wasn't like a little. No, that little was a truck. big full size work truck. Yeah. It was, it was a, it was a bit of a, a monster. I mean, it wasn't, you know, but back then trucks were made out of metal. Yeah. It was like a tank. Yeah. So what damage did you do to the Beamer? Um, well, I, neither the passenger or the back passenger doors were openable anymore, and the windows were blown out. Oh, wow. And then there was no problem with the truck, right? No. Didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and that was my first official accident. Uh, and then your parents ended up having to pay for all that? Dude, it that's was a, just the price of art. It was the price of art. But did you see the other driver in the BMW? Like, did he come out and go, "What the?" Oh well, yeah, they they weren't going anywhere. Oh, they were <laughs> in the car when you hit them. Yeah, they weren't going to go anywhere. They had to tow it away. Oh, you know dude, I mean? was anybody injured? I don't know. I never talked about it again. <laughs> <laughs> Did you so. explain to them that we were making a very important film? And... Well, yeah, it was, you know, there was this, this was art in progress. You That's know, right. Sacrifice people must make for the art. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got all the film 
we, you know, survived the traffic accident. We survived killing the cast and the poison oak. And we finally get. We also had a mishap, which again, I I think I was screaming, (laughs) don't stop filming, don't stop filming. But um, we found, we, we did like location scouting and we found these two giant boulders like really huge rock formations that look like faces out in the hills and then you had a big battle with thomas you were you were representing good and thomas was representing evil that's right i was wearing my california mitch which was a bandana no not a bandana a headband yeah back in the 80s it would have been a headband it was a headband yeah and you had on a white sheet for a cape i had a cape yeah. And and then the the physique of a 15-year-old skinny person. <laughs> well, no, but you you were kind of built. I mean, you were you were always very athletic and then sort of genetically your family I think is kind of built, you know. And so you actually you look good. You look muscular and well. and and athletic, you know. And uh, so did Thomas actually too. And then I think he Well, was Thomas very- looked like a full full-grown man. He did. He yeah. was one of those guys who like developed early in in high school and stuff. Yeah, he, I think he, he was shaving at like eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we had you guys up on those giant rocks and then you were fighting like he had a machete. Yeah, he had a machete and I had I don't know how this worked out. I had a, a, a wooden stick. Yeah. And he and, had a machete. Uh, and you guys were like throwing blows and then he was you were you defeated him and he fell down but when he fell down he actually slipped off the rock and and tumbled into a like a big crevice but he was so when he rolled <laughs> over he realized he was sliding off of it and he was trying to grab the rock to keep from like falling off it and he was like mike i'm slipping I'm slipping. And I was like, keep filming, keep filming. And so that too is in the movie. Like he, he slipped off the rock and, and went into a crevice. And I think he got pretty hurt too, but it is in the film. So the film had its authenticity, you know? Yep. Yep. There we go. Yeah. We ended up, we ended up going out to those rocks and partying a lot too. Yeah. We used to party out there. Yeah. I remember getting, uh, drunk out there and uh, trying to jump from one rock to the other and I slipped and I face planted into the other rock Oh! and then I lost my glasses so I was like blind oh my god yeah so you don't do that kids don't get drunk and jump from rock to rock no only jump through awnings yes i do want to say though we were very conscientious and we were nature lovers and so we did go out there and we would like polish off a few 12 packs of glass bottles but we never littered no we always we always picked up our party stuff when we left yeah so we may have been drunk but we were clean drunks we were clean well we respected nature we did um but so anyway, are. yeah, you were saying so. So we went through hell. We were all battered and bruised, and there were some hurt feelings. And you wrecked a car, and then we had all the film. And it, it and I remember we had a splicer for it, 
but we found that it was actually easier just to use scissors. Yep. And then we even had special splicing tape for it too. And we, we found that scotch tape worked better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, and we spent quite a bit of time up in the room, up in my room, splicing all this together. And we ended up with, it was very cool in the end because we actually had a reel. We had a reel with film on it. We did. I remember that we were really excited about that. It's actually, it's a, it's a 20 minute film. And for a bunch of goofball kids, that too was pretty ambitious. I mean, and a lot of it, a lot of it still sort of holds up. I, I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but there was one section where, again, I was crazy and like an egomaniac. And I also had a weird sense of humor. And so we, we went into the water cave and, and we went in there with torches and we were up to our, our uh, like, our, like halfway up our chests in the water, wading through it. And we brought the camera in and there we had a trap built in there and like all this stuff. And then when the footage came back, you couldn't <laughs> see anything at all. <laughs> it was pitch black. You could see nothing. You couldn't see the trap. All you could see was the burning, the fire of the torches. Yeah. And, and those were to be, you know, authentic. Those were torches we had no idea how to build a torch so we just got some pieces of wood we got some i think shirts that we ripped up yeah and tied on there and then we put i don't know if we put lighter fluid on them or what and then they, they were <laughs> just they were actual torches but whatever we used was turning to molten flame yeah i remember and dripping off the torches yeah. So they were dripping hot flame onto people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, keep filming, keep filming. Move ahead, move ahead. <laughs> so during that section of the film, we uh, that's where we ended up using the song Blackout. Well, yeah, because you very wisely said, well, Mike, we're just going to have to cut this sequence from the movie because you can't see anything but the fire on the torches. And I was like, no, no, you know, we worked so hard on that. And 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 then, yeah, I think we both were like, well, we could use that song by the Scorpions called Blackout. And then we'll just play that song. And then it's kind of funny. But I think it goes for like five or ten minutes where you're <laughs> yeah. just like looking at fly, fire lighting around. Yeah, yeah. Like the dancing flame floating the, on the screen with no idea. Blackout would make it OK. Yeah. Somehow everybody would understand what was going on. Right. Or they would but, laugh because of the song we chose. Blackout. Yeah. Well, blackout. You know, when everybody came out of that stadium from watching it and stuff, that is what they said. They were all like, well, I don't really know what was going on, but the music was great. Yeah, actually, as <laughs> usual, they were like, good music. What about the film? Good music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did it and i'm i'm glad that we did now I'm yeah I am old and, and we look at it and we're like um oh my god you know? yeah, <laughs> but, but it was a good experience and and again our hearts were in it and um and it was an adventure of a lifetime i mean it might have been a small adventure in the in the backyards and and neighborhood but it was still we actually did it you know we 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 actually wrote a movie and we directed the movie and we filmed the you know movie and we finished it so our movie review for this episode is 
the new movie that was out, well, maybe two months ago. And it's called 355. The 355. Yeah, there you go. The 355. So it's um, out on live stream now. And it's kind of based on the idea of the original 355, which was the spy for, I believe, Abraham Lincoln. Don't quote me on who it was for, but I, I believe it was something I like said that. George Washington. Was it George Washington? Okay. But I don't know. Yeah, well, you're probably right. But I and then it. what's the story with her? Like, she was a spy so, for the president back then? Yeah, the she was a spy, but they didn't want her name to get out. So they just called her 355. So it was the original idea behind 007, only <laughs> in, in real life. She was the original Bond. Except since she was a girl, 355 didn't mean license to kill. It meant license to cook. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably killed for saying that. Yeah, probably. Especially in this day and age. Yeah. That was kind of the premise of this movie. But they weren't sanctioned. Um, They weren't in a group. They were all individual. So it's... You know, I think this movie was trying to uh, create a, um, I can't think of the right word. What is it like what you did with Fast and Furious, what they did? They do a franchise. Oh, it's a franchise. Do they, you, oh, you think this is trying? Yeah, I think at the ending, it, they were sort of like wanting it to be a franchise, maybe. Yeah, I, I think the idea was to try and make this a franchise. That's what it felt like. Yeah. It was, it was, it was all right. Amber liked it, so. You know, that was good. She said girl power, right? Isn't that what she said? Yeah, it's a girl power movie. You know, it, it, it started to drag a little bit for me. I don't it's know if good. that... Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah. It had definite action. You know, I mean, it started off with action and it had action all the way through it. Yeah. You but know. you know what? So the, one of the reasons it dragged for me is it felt like it just kept repeating the same action scene. I'm not sure quite what was missing. It had all the stuff it needed. It it just, I don't know. It was just missing a little something and it kind of stalled for me. Yeah, I felt the same way. I, I don't think there was anything that really distinguished the action scenes. Like the ante never got up. There was... I don't know. There was never an interesting set piece for the action scenes. It was just like when, I don't know, like it was just the same fight repeated over and over and over again. And I was disappointed because they sold it as the 355. And I really thought that somehow that was going to come in sooner and be a part of it. And I wish it would have. Yeah. And they, like, touched on it on the last 30 seconds. Yeah. And it was just, like, your entire movie is the 355. And, you know, then that's, and then I was just, like, you know what? I just really felt it was empty about that. They did a good job keeping it PG-13, and they didn't, you know, necessarily exploit the women and, put them in g-strings and i know that's disappointing to you i know that's why i'm going to be hard on this film when we get to the fleshes it's like come on it's but (laughs) but, they gotta be in g-strings it almost seemed too easy for them yeah that too Um, it 
it just... and it's it's such a cakewalk for them that when they have like the obligatory like they lose moment it didn't feel real it's like oh my god these women have been like walking through armies and just beating the shit out of everybody and then all of a sudden not much of an army just stops them yeah um, yeah it although did... that situation that they introduced then where they have all their loved ones at gunpoint that was kind of like oh well crap. i liked that and i liked that they took them all out that they you know that they bet. actually did it yeah they yeah actually did it right yeah so, so I but them that. getting caught right before that scene was like well wait a minute these guys look like a bunch of losers compared to those dudes you were just fighting in the market you know or yeah. wherever the hell they were before so also it's late and i think we're both grouchy so just pray all you filmmakers that we don't review your films when it's late because we're coming for you we're coming for you with (laughs) grouchiness from exhaustion (laughs) all right so how many flushes do you give it? Well, before we do that, I just want to say I just let the world know that Amber said she liked it and she said it was full of girl power. I know. I feel bad for being all snarly and mean about it because she did like it. and she. But she even, even she said that it, it did drag a little bit. So it she died. did acknowledge that. But she was all for the girl power. And I was for the girl power, too. It's just too easy. Yeah, it was too easy. Okay, well, I'm going to go with four flushes. Dude, I'm exactly with you. I'm giving it four flushes. Because I got bored, and kind of the only thing that was fun was, like, there were sexy chicks running around. Yeah, yeah, I just, um, it was it was too easy not, it. I mean, when I say it was too easy, if you see the movie, you'll see what we mean. It was, it, it, well, it was, you know, they're trying to find an Easter egg, and it was sitting in the middle of the lawn in a bright pink, so, all right. So, four flushes for Mike and four flushes for myself. I would also um, like to add that, as Mitch has mentioned many times, many times we we welcome feedback, we welcome commentary from everyone, and I would like to hear from all of the girls in the three five five because I just got divorced. All right. I mean, no, I just want to hear what you thought of us, of us being grouchy because we're tired. <laughs> I expect Penelope Cruz to call me right after we get off the phone. <laughs> well, dude, that was super cool of Julia to do that. That was really nice of her. So I hope I expressed enough gratitude that she felt because that was really nice of her and i'm really greatly appreciative yeah yeah that was that was a surprise i didn't know anything about it so i didn't um know what was coming so that was very nice of her it's nice to be thought of yeah yeah and and to know that you're you know supported you know what i mean that's like what that that's like a way of showing support when people do stuff like that yeah. No. So that was cool. I didn't know she cared. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really, really sweet of her. So that's awesome. Yeah. Two Men with the Mic was recorded live in front of Clothes on a Hanger 
at Clothes on a Hanger Studios, California. You can reach out to them on Instagram at the number two men with a mic 